When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Merry Christmas to everybody except Kareem Jackson. That's oh, apparently okay. what the Denver sad. Broncos said yesterday. We're going to get into that. The moves with Kareem. Or was it actually an extra Merry Christmas to Kareem? We'll explain that in just a second. But, fellas, how was your Christmas? I had a good day. Yeah. Um, had some fun with the kids. My mom came over. She cooked. Uh, we played some games. Played... Uh, Hey, what's the game where the, the cards on your head, but you got to guess it? I know what you're oh. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we play, it's not heads up, but it's something no. like that. And so we played that, and that was fun. Uh, just had a good time all the way around. Great. Nice. Henry? Yeah. I mean, I FaceTimed my family for like two and a half hours, which was <laughs> a very long time. I watched like every second of all of the football and basketball games. Ordered Red Lobster for dinner. Great day. Great, a great <laughs> day. Yeah, mine was kind of a, a mix. A little bit of sports, lots of family which is uh, which is always good. But, Todd, I got here in a Christmas mood, excited that the roads were pretty empty. It's snowing out, so it kind of felt like a day later. I love uh, that. Like a white Christmas, just a day delayed. Yeah. I'm kind of in a holiday mood, happy to see the parking lot empty. With That means, like, a lot of people still have today off. I'm happy for people that have today off. And Henry's just like, why aren't people working today? What, what, okay. why, why isn't America back to work right now? <clears throat> and I'm like, well, firm. maybe we have next Monday off for New yeah. Year's. And he's like, why do people have New Year's off? No one should have New Year's. Okay. Everyone should be working. And I'm like, wow. Those you are Grinch. separate conversations. So I just you hadn't screwed. even considered. Well, so Chris, Christmas was yesterday, yes. obviously. And so like I thought, there it is. Christmas is over. There, there we go. And so I drive, and I'm going up the alley, and I see, like, all that snow is shoveled into that, like, corner spot. So there's, like, two spots taken by snow. I was like, ah, there's no way there's going to be room to park. Drive a little bit further, and the parking lot's just empty. I was like, wait, what? And then I realized that apparently people don't work today, which is, like, cool. Like, the more no, days off, the better. Really, oh, it, is, it is not. really com- Like, I just, I thought that... Christmas is over. Like it's you don't get a buffer day, like a one yeah. day to come back down. I to guess Earth you do. Or... I just had no idea. Like I know, like kids get out of school for like a week and a half or something. I was like, yeah. okay, cool for the kids, all that stuff. I didn't realize that that's just like how things work. Dang. But then with the New Year's Day thing is, I didn't. First of all, I thought that was Sunday, not Monday. But then I realized it was Monday because they said so. At the same time, what does anybody do on New Year's Day? See, so here we go. Spend time with your family. Yeah. Okay. You, you could. When I was back home in Cali, we would go to the parade because it's a big Rose Bowl. Mm. Parade oh, of course, yeah. All the flowers. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a great time. Is that? You need that day to like, you know, bring in the new year. Huh. Kind of like put together your game plan. Yeah. Put together some yeah. some resolutions. <laughs> plan out your whole year. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> wow. I got work on my resolutions. But yeah, if it's see, like the thing is, like Christmas. You open presents, like you have the dinner, whatever, like Easter, you know, go to church, you do whatever else. Like Fourth of July, you got all the fireworks, the Halloween trick or treat, like Thanksgiving, obviously the food, but New Year's Day, like New Year's Eve, there's stuff. New Year's Eve, there's like the fireworks, you stay up till midnight and all that, but like New Year's Day, you don't really, what, like. It's crazy. All I know is I don't want to work for Henry ever. No. We're, we're, we're going to be working no. I wouldn't every worry about that. single day. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> um, but, Henry, regardless of if I worked for you or not, I owe you an apology. Uh-oh. Because yeah. the Denver Broncos lost an inexcusable game yeah. that they had no business losing. Mm-hmm. And I said there was no way that they were going to lose this game yep. to the Patriots. So I'm just going to start off kind of a, a week early before New Year's and just, you know, get that off my chest. A little New Year's resolution, to be honest <laughs> with you. Oh, okay. um, and uh, you were right. The Broncos <laughs> should have been worried about the Patriots. Clearly, they weren't until the fourth quarter when they needed to, and just what an absolutely disappointing game. So you called it. I was wrong. And well, actually, you didn't call I it. You still had the Broncos yeah, yeah, winning. Yeah. Um, but just what an absolute disappointing game. But wait had. one second before we move forward. Because your resolution is to be honest with Hank, does <laughs> wow. that mean you've been lying to him? I've been. Wow. I was lying to him about that game, that's for sure. Wow. I was lying yeah. to him about wow. that game. 
My, this new year might be really weird. <laughs> if, if, yeah, if you've no, been don't lying, worry. Yeah. Not, not, nothing's going to huh. change. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there we go. Uh, Except I think you had the Broncos winning by a bigger spread than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, if you had to pick so what was going to happen. my apology? Uh, yeah. You know <laughs> See, that was one of those things, though, was like the end of that game, we got tagged in like, I got some were just me, but there were like seven, eight, ten different tweets of people saying like, you called, hey, like everybody should have been listening, like all that stuff. And I was like, I am not dancing on the Broncos grave right now. <laughs> so I thought nobody would ever remember. So I appreciate that you remember that I said yep. that game is not a lock. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, Todd, you started to, credit to you, last week you started to come off of that because you were with me. You were mm-hmm. like, Hank, what are you doing? Yep. Mm-hmm. But then last week you started to be like, a little worried about this Patriots game. So you felt it coming. Yeah, because I felt like as a team we had a, a tough loss the week before. And uh, mm-hmm. the Patriots, they're terrible. But at the same time, they played teams tough to some extent. <laughs> and I felt like anytime you give a 3-11 and 11 team an opportunity to feel like they're in the game, you know, you get a lot of energy. You start picking things up. Yeah. Uh, guys start making plays, and all of a sudden, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's what happened to us on Sunday night. We just let them keep the door open for too long, and we never <laughs> shut it and really like ran away with the game. So was it a, especially? I mean, <clears throat> the very first play of yeah. the game, the Patriots said, "You know what? Merry Christmas. Here's a present. We're just going to let you run away with this game right now." Yep. And then, uh, thirty seconds later, it's like, wait. We're not actually going to take advantage of this to the extent of a field goal. So I got to get your guys' take. Did Sean Payton make the wrong decision by going for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal? I'm going to say no. Mm. Because I'll break down the play later, but it's the perfect Mm. play Mm. against their perfect formation. And there's literally no reason why we shouldn't have been in the end zone. Wow, I can't wait for the inside scoop. What a tease yeah. for the third segment. And you know what Sean said after the game, which I don't think we got into on the post-game show, about why he went for it? There are two reasons. One of them was we'd have him backed up uh, in a really bad position for them if we didn't get it. Uh-huh. And the second was he said I had a couple of plays that I loved yep. for mm-hmm. that opportunity. And apparently he did. And apparently it worked outside of like the execution. So I'm excited to get into that. Henry? Wrong decision? Uh, I mean, hindsight, yeah. In hindsight, yeah. you wish you would take the points. <laughs> I see at the time, though, where... So, like, imagine it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, they get the ball at, like, the two-yard line. Their punter was well, going... it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you get the ball at, like, the two-yard line. You go... The punter is averaging, like, 43 yards a punt or something. So, you would imagine, like, maybe they get, like, nine yards, don't get the first down. You get the ball right around midfield, and you need, what, 10, 15 yards to get that field goal? Right. Like, like to me, exactly it what was happened, right? what that's exactly what yeah, happened. Pretty it, much, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's to me, like how you play that situation is like you can either take the field goal right now or if you don't get the touchdown, you should just get the easy field goal on the next drive. And like that's that's that field position game or just tug of war, tug of war, tug of war. Somebody scores and then you reset. And so I get why you just say like, hey, we've got a shot to score seven here. Or they punt and we just need to pick up one first down and we just get our three points anyway, you know? But at the same time, the Patriots literally gifted you free points on that first possession. <laughs> and truly, I don't remember I, what I was thinking in that exact moment. So there is definitely hindsight to this, especially mm-hmm. when you lose by three <laughs> points at the end of a game, which we'll get into in just a second, too. But it's like, man, you were gifted three points free points right mm-hmm. there and you pass up on them um but on the other hand i totally understand got, yeah. what you guys are saying and then it just felt like especially with then how the defense played for like the next three possessions where i don't uh-huh. think they allowed a first down yep. and the mm-hmm. next three possessions it was like damn those three points this game might just end three zero no obviously the defense fell apart really a the whole team fell apart. It wasn't just the defense, obviously a special teams touchdown that happened. Yep. There some uncostly uh, or unforced turnovers by the Broncos offense as well, mm-hmm. um, which really didn't help the defense at all. But then obviously you need more than just three points to win the game, but just felt like, damn, especially hindsight being 2020, 26 to 23 at the yep. end. So then speaking of Sean Payton decisions, did he make the right decision by being aggressive and calling timeouts at the very end of the game? I think I'm going to say yes again. I think if you just think about who's that quarterback, the team you're playing, and the elite level that your defense has been playing at, you think that we're going to get this ball back 
with an opportunity mm -hmm. to march down the field. We only, we're only going to need a handful of yards. You know, if we have no timeouts and time on the clock, that'll give us what we need to get in good field position to kick a field goal and win the game. I understand it. If it is Patrick Mahomes, whether they're good or bad. Exactly. If it's Aaron Rodgers, no, we don't do that. But yep. Bailey Zappi and the Patriots, who are bottom five in every passing category, let's try to make a you know stand right here to be able to get the ball back. Yeah. and win the game again like with hindsight you say of course not like he he made the wrong decision there it didn't work out but if you're like playing the percentages at the time like that's that's what you do because you look at it and say again like the way that punter was punting the way things are going if, if they if they like pick up nine yards on their three plays you call timeouts after all three of them the punt is probably landing at your 40 yard line with like 38 seconds on the clock and then you either need like you need another 28 yards or so or, or sorry like 18 yards or so to get like a 59 yarder and you have you know either the return to get up there or you have a couple plays if they decide to throw on third down which is what they did that's an incompletion so you also have a timeout like it did feel pretty cut and dry and especially after that first down too mm -hmm. like if they had come out throwing and you're like oh they're really trying to do this Maybe it changes the math a little bit, but when they come out there and just run the ball, uh, I guess it wasn't quite up the middle, but pretty close to right up the middle with Zeke. You're like, okay, now they've got two plays to try to pick this up. Let's call these timeouts. Like at the time, I liked it, but again, as it would turn out, it obviously did not work. I actually think you can convince yourself. I'm going to convince myself here. Hindsight 2020, uh -huh. that it was still the right decision yeah. because you had the Patriots. What was it? A third and long or a third and three. Oh, third and three. Yeah. And they decided six yards, one yard, to yeah. throw the ball. So mm -hmm. if you would have said you waste your first your, or you spend your first two timeouts and it's third and three, would you, and they're still backed up on their own territory and they're going to throw the ball to Pat Sertan mm -hmm. with not Tom Brady with Bailey Zappi. Yep. Are you taking that? I'd say, oh, absolutely. So I'm going to have one timeout left because this is going to be incomplete or it's going to be picked off or it's yep. going to be a pick six. Um, it, you have one timeout left and you're going to have 40 ish seconds left mm -hmm. on the clock. Yep. I do it. 100%. You love it. And you know what? Pat was in good position. It was credit to Bailey Zappi. You, you tip your cap to him on a great throw, a really good catch. Devontae um, Parker. Like those things happen to great players and it just really unfortunate timing. And I know that, that Pat took this one. <laughs> Yeah. Harder than I've ever seen him took a, t take a game uh, because he also got beat on, again, another really good throw by Bailey Zappi earlier in the game. So And two great catches from Devontae Parker, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, those are just veteran catches. Yeah. Like, there's so many of those guys where, like, if you're Pat Sertan and you're just kind of, like, splayed out and the guy's kind of going to the ground on the sideline, like... Jerry Judy, for example, like that's not his forte. Like it seems like all these young receivers, not right. all of them, like you still got Jamar Chase and T like you got some of those guys, but that does kind of feel like that's like that, like taught your kind of air, like those 2016, 2017, like those sorts of receivers who just make tough catches. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it just seems like the Broncos haven't hit many of those this season. But yeah, I mean, that's 100%. just a tough catch to to bring in right there. And Devontae made the play. Yeah, he did. So I actually think and i get why when they lose because of that decision why people are like why'd you do that just take it into mm -hmm. overtime but i totally understand why sean did it um the patriots offense had done nothing yeah. in the fourth quarter up to that point uh they had three drives in the fourth quarter up until that last drive guess how many yards they had in those three drives right before that yeah in the three drives in the fourth Six? quarter 18. Six. Yeah. Six yards impressive yeah. Hank. i'm Thanks. sure you knew that wasn't just a guess oh yeah yeah <laughs> negative two they had no. Yeah, no. Oh, was it, it not it, negative? Just, was it stay negative? On top. It was yeah, one yeah, that was negative. Yeah, it was good. one yep, that was yep. negative. They, they were all three and <laughs> outs. Yep. yep. And uh, the drive before negative six yards. Negative six. To, that's to, to what your it was. point, Damn. they had zero first downs yep. in the fourth quarter. So the Patriots' offense had absolutely gone ice cold. Was awful. The Broncos' mm -hmm. defense had their number, and then the Broncos' offense was a complete opposite. Uh, they had two punts in the fourth quarter, but then they also had two seventy-eight plus yard touchdown drives in that. So I totally understood Sean Payton's rationalization. So um, I think that it's very okay to question many things Sean Payton did, including the game plan and the way he called plays, mm -hmm. which we'll get into potentially later in the week with other mm -hmm. conversations. Um, but I do think there's reasons why he went for it in the beginning mm -hmm. of the game, why he decided to go for this. And I question one of them. I understand the other one. Um, mm -hmm. 
I'm curious what you guys, if you question Sean Payton and the Broncos' decision to move on from Kareem Jackson, which they did yesterday. Let's get into that after I tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where they are still in the giving mood. They're going to give you $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Use the code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings. Place a $5 bet on anything, and they're going to hand out $200 in bonus bets instantly. This hits your account right away i've done this and DraftKings gives you the money an 825 dollar deposit so check out DraftKings sportsbook use that code dnvr and you can actually get in on this thursday night game which it's a terrible one mm-hmm. we got the jets and the browns no monday night football coming up because it's college football playoff so the nfl added a saturday night football game which is <coughs> where i want to go for my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week after i tell you uh, that you have to, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake, Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit gaming restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Okay, let's give out our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. Tell me if I'm way off on this one, guys. But the Lions are going into Dallas to play the Cowboys Saturday night. The Lions are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Hmm. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win the game, but give me six-and-a-half points to the Lions right now. I I definitely understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. It's just Dallas is so good at home, and they put up so many points when they're at home. When they're on the road... Who knows how they're going to play. Trash. But at home, <laughs> under that big old jumbotron, they yeah. find a way to put together <laughs> some points. Did you ever play down there? No. That, I think that that may be the one stadium I didn't play in. Well, I guess Allegiant. Um, oh, yeah. You know, because it was newer. But, yeah. Damn, you had to play, play in Oakland yeah. in that trash stadium? But I got I was blessed there because I never played where it was half Baseball, half football. Oh, it was, so it was trash, but at least yeah. it was all grass. Yeah. <laughs> it was at least trash on grass. I mean, yeah. you like to tackle, obviously, yes. being an inside linebacker. I'm not, but... I'm not even tackling there. <laughs> I'm pushing you out of bounds. Exactly. Okay, thank you. Because I hate tackling, and that would just be even worse. Yeah, terrible. Do you hate tackling? I hate tackling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I was looking at Alex's numbers. They're, uh, sure you want to go here? I thought. I mean, I think the people probably want the update. <laughs> so I was looking. So right now mm, he's projected to get like eleven thousand dollars for his fundraiser. Uh-huh. But that says like based on a hundred and sixteen estimated tackles, he's already at. I think he's at like a hundred and fifty one now. Mm-hmm. And ba- would so like be a it would be well over fifteen thousand, which means ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> exactly. So like what, hopefully, hopefully the website's up. Something's I don't know. The number still doesn't say fifteen thousand, but I'm I think it might have happened. You nervous? That's dope. Of course I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, I could that might be the end of my life. Are you nervous? <laughs> uh uh Oh, pick of the week. Um So you're right though, Cowboys seven and zero at home. Yeah. Three yeah. and five on the road. Yep. Yep. I'll go see I'm torn. I think I just take the plus seven from the Bengals against the Chiefs. Like the the plus two fifty is really tempting, but it just feels like plus seven's free money. So why not? I mean, the Chiefs are one of the three or four worst teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. Like there is there is there aren't many teams who are playing worse football than the Chiefs are. Mm-hmm. They look like a disaster, and the Bengals also like the Magic has kind of run out on Jake Browning. He just looks like another backup quarterback. But uh, you throw it up to Jamar Chase, you throw it up to T Higgins. I like that a lot better than Patrick Mahomes throwing it up to Kadarius Tony and those guys. Like I, I was surprised when I saw this spread was so far apart, and I'm really not sure why it is. Yeah, I, I, and it's funny because I used to think that he had like a saving hope in Travis Kelsey, and now Travis is dropping balls left <laughs> yes. and right. So, so true. Everybody on the team is struggling, and. You know, besides Pacheco and Edwards Alaire, I don't really know who's carrying exactly. their weight right now. All of a sudden, Edwards Alaire is like going insane. Like no. twice a game, you're just like, why didn't you just tackle him? Like he had that one yesterday where yeah. he ran for like 40 yards after somebody hit him. And you're just like, you can't, you can't have this in this game. And it turns out you could because the Chiefs are that bad. But I mean, this one is crazy to me. A seven point spread in this game. I don't know what I'm missing. I love it. I love it. I guess what, what you'd be missing, what Vegas would say, is what you said about the Bengals quarterback. Yeah. 
is that they're playing with now a backup quarterback that looks yeah, like a backup. It's true. There is that. I still take that offense over the Chiefs offense. I love it. I love it. The Chiefs are terrible. Todd, yeah. where are you going? You know, for me, I feel like this has been like a crazy year in football. Um, nobody's looked spectacular. And then when you were <laughs> favorite heavy, I feel like then you lost the game. Yeah. Yep. So I'm actually going to take the Jets tonight. Uh, plus 280. <laughs> I think they're seven and a half point dogs. Yeah. But I feel like, yes, Joe Flacco has been playing well, but I feel like his luck is going to run out. Yep. Um, all the quarterbacks, whether it was Josh Dobbs or yep. a lot of veteran quarterbacks have had great runs and then it all just goes to hell. It's true. Uh, don't wish bad on anybody, but <laughs> I think it starts tonight with uh, Joe Flacco. Let's go. I love it. That wow. means Trev, uh, your former teammate, another oh, former yeah. quarterback, going to have a decent enough game to yep, win. I love it. Go. I love it. There's our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. What else we got? Let me tell you about our friends back in the Shanker. Smash the two, 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 two. Call them to set up a consultation. When you get hurt, back in the Shanker is here to help, and they've been helping families in Colorado for over 25 years. They win for families in Colorado. And the great thing about them is they're completely free until they win money for your case. And speaking of winning, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients. And they have even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They have more than 30 lawyers on staff. They're more than equipped to help you. If you were in an accident and you weren't at fault, call our friends over at Backers and Shanker, 222 Boom. We just got a massive <coughs> super chat from Danny. We're going to get to that in the fourth, spend a lot of time on it, but just wanted to say thank you so much, Danny. We will be hitting that in the mm -hmm. fourth segment, so stay tuned for that. Um, but Kareem Jackson, yesterday, given a really bad Christmas present, yeah. um, the Broncos, so what happened was the Broncos ended up not putting him on their 53-man roster, which means that they had to release him. So that happened yesterday. Um, but the Broncos plan, if he clears waivers, the Broncos plan on adding him to the practice squad. And then because of the elevations for practice squad, he could end up playing the final mm -hmm. two games of this Broncos season. But this kind of brings in a lot of questions on, okay, if the Broncos are moving on from their starting safety mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season, a veteran, a captain of their team, uh, is this the Broncos waving the white flag on the season? Uh, what do you think of that? It's definitely not waving the white flag. Okay. Because, I mean, if it was, because they didn't activate him for Sunday. You know, like, they could have played him Sunday. Right. And they definitely weren't waving the white flag mm. at that point. So if you weren't, if you didn't think you needed him for that game, this doesn't change much. To me, to me, it's just a gamble. Like, they had to, they had to find a roster spot, obviously. Um, and their options were, you know, it's been Lucas Kroll, who's gone up and down. Um, he's played pretty well, so maybe they thought he gets claimed off of waivers. Or also, if you send him down the practice squad, they've already elevated him three times, so they couldn't play him on the practice squad. Right. So there was that option. It you wasn't going to be Kroll. No, it wasn't. So you look at, like, J.L. Skinner, and that's probably the obvious answer, and you've held on to him all season up to this point, and so to say, like, uh, actually, we're going to expose him to waivers for the first time now so that we can keep Kareem, that's, I mean, that's just a tough decision to make. And so the gamble they made is that nobody's going to claim him off of waivers, and they can just add him to the practice squad and there will be nothing to worry about. Now, I honestly think he might get claimed. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just tough to evaluate because of the penalties and the suspensions and all that. But when he's been on the field, he's played some of the best football that he's played as a Bronco. Like, I think you can make a case that this was actually maybe not his best season as a Bronco, but pretty close to it. And if you're... I don't even know some some playoff team and you say hey here's a veteran a starter a guy who seems to still be playing well somehow playing better than last year despite turning like 35 how could you not want to add that to your team mm. yeah I don't I don't I don't see him getting claimed just yeah. because of the penalties and the suspensions yeah he's been out I think he's missed too many games but I also don't see the point in releasing him like, there's 53 men on the roster. Like, there's another yep. guy that could have went to practice squad. Probably would have been Skinner. Yeah, and then you just or, keep him on the... Or Forsyth. DTY? It could have been that, too. He's a big special teamer. But, yeah. I mean, you could find you could probably find a way around that. Yeah. It just wouldn't be with Kareem. I think this is purely based on how P.J. Locke has come in and stepped up. Mm. Yeah. I think that, in their eyes, Kareem is not the starter. Yeah. Um, and... He's not really a backup because they would rather train a young guy. <laughs> so really he's released because they don't see him as a part of the 
roster, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why that's necessary with two games left, probably not making the playoffs. I think we just ride off into the sunset and find a way to figure it out, yeah. you know, towards the end. Um, I think it's a statement, but for what? What is the statement? Um, if you have a meeting with Roger Goodell, probably don't say <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, because of what you guys have said, I, I do think this isn't fully waving the white flag on the season, but mm-hmm. what I come down back to is if the Broncos beat the Patriots... I don't think they release him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, it's like if if that made the decision, if Sunday's game made the decision, um, and mm-hmm. they didn't activate him against the Patriots, but they also didn't have to make a decision on him. It's not like they released him before the game. Um, but I think if they beat the Patriots, Kareem Jackson is on the 53-man roster. And not only that, he's probably not starting. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right about P.J. I do think P.J. Locke is a starting safety for the team moving forward for a variety of reasons with how P.J.'s been playing. Also like you said, about another team picking him up. Can you trust Kareem and not getting a penalty moving forward? I don't know if you, if you have that much faith in that. So mm-hmm. I think Kareem is that that backup, but wouldn't that be a great safety net to have in mm-hmm. case Touchwood, yeah. Justin Simmons gets injured or yeah. P.J. Locke gets injured and you're making this playoff push? Isn't it great to turn to Kareem? Mm-hmm. So in a way, I don't think it's the Broncos fully waving the white flag, but I don't think they make this move. If uh, if they beat the Patriots on Sunday and then what are in great position to make the postseason right now? Yeah, I don't, I just think it's a whack move. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not like whoever made this decision. Like this isn't a job saving decision. Like no. the whole yeah. year and two years have been trash. But <laughs> what you did week seventeen and really like I don't. It doesn't make sense. It's yeah, so so I do think. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually suits up on Sunday. I agree. Because the other thing for Kareem is that his contract was fully guaranteed. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he gets his money either way. You put him on the practice squad. You don't have to expose anybody else to waivers. If you really think he's getting through, like it's like it's a no-brainer. Like of course you do that versus like I don't know, moving moving Skinner down or DTY, guys who maybe don't do get claimed. And the other the other thing they could have done though is if they were really waving the white flag, they would have kept him by putting uh Cortland Sutton on IR. Because mm. he has a concussion. If you're really saying like we're done for the year, I mean, then why do you need Court back for a meaningless game in two weeks because he has a concussion? So I don't know. There's there's like there were a couple options, I guess. And but. and that's why it's not truly waving the the white no. flag and the Broncos desperately need Cortland Sutton on the field as we find out. Now, Cortland Sutton is in the concussion protocol. We talked to Sean this morning. No update on him. Um, And really, with the concussion protocol, you just got to work your way through. But if the Broncos, they still got 5% chance to make the playoffs, they need him on Sunday, even against a trash Chargers team who didn't look as trash this past week Mm -hmm. um, with with that interim head coach. But the Broncos desperately need Cortland back. Um, This could also be tip of the cap to Kareem saying thank you for your five years here um and you're like wait but they cut him how could that be doing that well by Kareem going on waivers a team could pick him up if they wanted to Mm -hmm. but then if he's on the Broncos practice squad the final two weeks of the season any team could sign him at any point and let's say there's an injury to a starting Mm -hmm. safety on a playoff team this coming weekend with Kareem Mm -hmm. being on the practice squad a team could come and pick Kareem up so if you want to view it through that lens, you could say, oh, the Broncos are actually doing right by Kareem. You <laughs> smile, Todd. <laughs> I think it's rare that that happens. Yeah. Very, very yeah. rare that a team takes into consideration the guy they're cutting or releasing to do what's best for the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's hopeful. I think hopeful. that way. I yeah. tried. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about PJ, though, his contract is up after this year. And like, you So you're saying one more year for Kareem? Uh... I don't know about all that, but I do know that there's like, like, I don't know what they're doing at safety because right now they've got Simmons, Stearns, DTY, Skinner on the roster for next year. And Stearns hasn't been able to stay healthy. Like you probably need to add a guy. Maybe, maybe PJ comes back for cheap, but he has also started half a season in the NFL and played pretty well, put up some good numbers and might actually get a decent contract. Probably nothing huge, but 
I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what they do at safety. Mm. It might just be simple. You bring PJ back, let him and Caden compete. Mm. Mm. I like that. I don't know I, what that price tag is. Man, though. so many questions going into this offseason. Uh, and it's not the offseason yet, though. No. The party of New Year's Eve, is that going to be 2.30 p.m. on Sunday at Empower Field at Mile High? Yep. To start your New Year's Eve mm -hmm. off, you can go to a Broncos game. There were 16,000 no-shows this past week. That means a lot of tickets are probably left on game time. Yeah. And a lot of tickets probably pretty affordable. And if you want to go to the Broncos game, final home game this week, check out our friends over at Game Time. Use the code DNVR over at Game Time to get $20 off your first purchase, whether it's for the Broncos game, whether it's for a concert, whether you're going to a playoff game. Maybe the Broncos do make the playoffs. You want to go to a road <coughs> oh, playoff yeah. game. Check, or maybe even a home playoff game because Broncos could still win the AFC West, which oh, is yeah. wild. Like We're, I. If they win their two games, I don't think they're in bad shape at all. Ooh, I the love Chiefs this, are Henry. Terrible. Ooh, man. You see I the Chiefs lose this. the Bengals this week, and it's like a win, and you just need them to lose the next week. Like that's that's a dream scenario. Oh, compared a to doubt. a couple months ago. So maybe you save that code DNVR for the home playoff game. Henry thinks the Broncos are. Gonna I don't get. know about think it's going to happen, <laughs> but I would not be surprised if the Broncos win their last two. Like I expect that, and the Chiefs lose. To the Bengals this week, the Bengals who are like a playoff team, and then to the Chargers, yeah, Chargers after that. Like, so you still expect the Broncos we, to win these final? Two are we games? third in the division now, though? Yeah, tied with the Raiders. So actually, if the Chiefs do lose these two games, and the Broncos and Raiders both win this week, that game is going to be for the AFC West. How incredible will yep. that be? We'll be there in Bro, Vegas. We will Chiefs be there, 18. baby. Chiefs imploded two weeks ago, and they're still falling. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, losing to the Raiders at home yesterday was embarrassing. But mm -hmm. use the code DNVR over at game time. Some Breckenridge beer. Oh, yeah, drink some Breckenridge beer. be great for New Year's We Eve. got the uh, <laughs> Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale. Mm. Maybe I'll go home and have a Breckenridge beer because apparently today isn't a work day. Um, <laughs> who, who knew? Uh, yeah, there's so many good ones. I, I've, I've stocked up on the Strawberry Sky. I guess I mentioned that like a week ago, but those are just the best. Like, I'm not... I'm not always like a huge beer drinker. Like, I know there's a lot of people who are just like, ah, just end of the day, need a beer. That's, that's never really been me. But when you have those Strawberry Skies in the refrigerator, you get home and you're just like, ah, Maybe I'll just have a beer and write. Or today will be like beer and rewatch this game. You know, it, it, the stuff that the crew at Breckenridge Brewery makes is the best that's out there. And if you go to breckbrew.com, you can use their beer locator and it'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever beer you want to try. So they're, they're in just about every corner of the country. So it's putting your zip code and it'll say like, oh, you can get the Strawberry Sky or the Vanilla Porter Jr. or the whatever else. And it's, it's really convenient. So go check that stuff out. Man, and let's check out the inside scoop. Todd, you teased it perfectly 30 minutes ago. I can't <laughs> wait it. for let's this. Let's do it. Let's jump into the inside scoop, see what happened, specifically maybe even with this very first play. Todd, Rock are we starting with this first play? We are. We're going to start with the, Heck the yes. good stuff, you know? I love it. Let's get set up here. So what is this? The Fifth play of the game? Yeah, this is the fifth play of the game, absolutely. And it's fourth and goal. Um, this is after the big turnover, and this is to get points on the board. And I think it was a great call by Sean Payton. I think it is mm. not executed perfectly. Overall, it was a way that we should have won. So you have the back offset away from the tight end, and what you're going to get is a zone read concept. So you're going to get zone read here, and uh, you're going to get a slice by this wide receiver going back the other way. And what Russell Wilson is doing is reading this outside linebacker right here. So in zone read, his, he is told that if his shoulders are square, he's supposed to give the ball. Okay. If his shoulders are turned, like about to tackle or coming towards a running back, he's supposed to pull it. Okay. Well, if you read this guy, he is square to the line of scrimmage. Uh -huh. So that means he's supposed to give this ball yeah. right here. If, if he's coming after the running back, then it is another. It's also a great play because then you have little Jordan Humphreys that's going to have nobody on him because nobody runs. So he's going to be wide open right here in the flat, easy dump off pass to Russ, or Russ can also choose to run it himself. He has options with yeah. this play call. It's not limited, which is why I love the play call. Totally but, agree. but also, if you see what happens, this guy comes up field. He is not a factor. He is not going to tackle Javante. Tell me who's tackling Javante. No nobody is there is nobody the on this side of the field to make this play. That's why I say it's a perfect call by Sean Payton. Like he said, yeah. he has some plays that he loved against this formation. They're supposed to be a man-to-man, -man, but whoever's going back 
with a little Jordan is supposed to go back, check, check Jordan, and then also come back and fit this run. It's impossible. So mm-hmm. he gets stuck over here. So literally, it should be the easiest play of Javante's career, a walk-off touchdown. Wow. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like it was a great call mm-hmm. by um, Sean Payton. And let's just say this guy tackles him. Okay, Russ, pull it. Now you got two on zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally yeah. the perfect play. It should have worked. Yeah. There's no reason why it doesn't except for I think Javante trips a little bit in the in the gunk right here and that's why it doesn't happen, but it's the perfect play call for what they're running and you know how they lined up against our offense. So what went wrong was just Javante getting tripped up. Yep, he just got tripped up. Damn. And it's tough yep. fourth and you know two on the goal line, but you know sometimes it happens. Damn, so close. Yep. And Sean pointed to just how much they like to look. And this isn't something that just hindsight, you're like, yeah, it was actually a really good look. This is something that Sean has seen on tape exactly. so many times and knows that against this defense, if there's a, you know, a fourth and short, yep. that he has a right play call dialed up and he did. I have another play, you know, towards the end of the game where he makes another great call, but when it was in the goal line and it was crunch time, mm-hmm. he had the perfect game plan. He knew what he was looking at after watching film. Like, he was dialed in. That's got to be so frustrating. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Like, Espe- when you're, shot, like, you're like, oh, my God, I'm such a genius, but these idiots couldn't make it happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Especially <laughs> when, rightfully so, Sean's being questioned on the way he called the game yep. and, yeah. uh, and the plays he called at times. And there are s- questions that are probably right. Uh, for Sean about like why did you do this mm-hmm. and maybe he actually didn't make the right mm-hmm. call every time but then other times when it's like no I did make the right call and it should have been a touchdown yeah so this is the next play right here um, and this goes back to our conversation on confidence in Russell Wilson mm-hmm. um, and what you see right here is they're in a twin set and basically they're in stack but you're getting concepts that are very very vanilla uh, like these are some of the early concepts you learn as a defender uh, in the NFL. So basically, they're an empty, and I mean they're in a, a twin set. And Russell Wilson is going to take the snap, and all he has to do is read this defender right here. Okay. That's his only job. It's very simple. You're running slant and a stop on mm-hmm. both sides. Stop and a slant. This is vanilla. This is like that's high why school, you feel yeah. like a high school exactly. Or you can go get a rookie quarterback because if you can't do this, then right. You know, you shouldn't be playing. So it's very, very vanilla. And, yes, it works out. He gets the ball to Marvin Mims, and we get about nine yards. But I just wanted to put this on tape because I do understand the questions and the confidence in Russ because if you have confidence in your quarterback, I think you are running better concepts than this on first and second down. Man, that's that's such a good point. And that was something – that was my biggest takeaway. And and I think I said it on my short hit – on the post-game show, was that was my biggest takeaway. It was just, it felt like all game leading up to the fourth quarter, there was zero confidence mm-hmm. in the way that Sean Payton was calling the game for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and it's <laughs> tough because I see plays like this where it's like, okay, Sean, you should give him some more. Yep. And I see plays where Sean gives him more and Russ takes a sack because he can't handle yep. a little bit of pressure. So, yep. I mean, it's yep. a tough, tough spot to be and in, man. Th- then you throw in the court isn't out there. Yeah, and so you're like, so that it's nobody's really like getting like real separation or anything. Like, remember those, remember those deep shots they were throwing in the fourth quarter? Like, it was like three or four of them just like up the sidelines, and you just kept thinking like, oh, this one's getting picked, and it's like, oh, how did that not get picked? One of them actually did, didn't it? I can't remember. Uh, but like, those are the ones where those are just like bucket balls, just Whoa. like. I mean, it's true, though. It's like there's Jerry Judy up the sideline, like lobbing up to the end zone. Guess what? It doesn't work out, and it's almost an interception. Like they did the same thing up the other sideline. It's like, well, the receivers aren't going to make plays. Like you need them to be wide open and to get perfect balls. And like just with that offense, with the no protection, Russ panicking even when there is protection, the the simple concepts, the fact that nobody's going to make him a play if he just like throws up a 50-50. But like it's just there's a reason they looked so bad in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this is another play that um, I want to point out. Uh, this is just getting caught in a bad defense, in my opinion. Um, there were times that we gave them the opportunity to make big plays against us, and it's simply because they caught us in a bad defense that wasn't great for the look. Mm-hmm. So this is, a de- uh, this is like a man-to-man scheme that we have um, where we have Alex, who's a great blitzer, but he, mm-hmm. he's blitzing. Now, this is great if you have – 
him as a free rusher to where he's going to get home quickly. Yep. But what you don't notice on this backside is Jonathan Cooper, a phenomenal outside rusher, yep. is man-to-man -man on the God, tight end. No. Yep. And it doesn't make sense to have yeah. Alex rushing and yeah. Jonathan Cooper man-to-man. -man. Like, mm -hmm. if we're going to have anybody rushing right now, I feel like Jonathan Cooper should probably be rushing yep. and yep. let Alex play man-to-man. -man. Yep. Um, but we wanted to give him a different look. But exactly. the tough thing about it is they have it blocked up. If this mm. is, if this is, like I said, if Alex is a free hitter to mm -hmm. where Bailey Zappi has to get rid of the ball right now, yeah. okay, I understand it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. But now he has time to find Jonathan Cooper, who doesn't play man-to-man -man much, one-on-one oh. -on -one with the tight end. And truthfully, this should have gone for maybe 20 more yards because mm. Jonathan Cooper dies at the exact right time just yeah. to clip mm -hmm. an ankle, yeah. but it would have been pass interference or he would have been still running with the football. Yeah. Yep. So it's tough defense. Um, I know he has help from Josie on the inside because Josie's playing like mm -hmm. a whole technique, but I just feel like this matchup is not one that I would sign up for, yeah. and they found it. And so what you're hoping for there is that the offense is thinking like, well, obviously it's going to be Cooper going uh -huh. and not Singleton, and so you get him free around the edge. But if they know that that's not going to happen, like it just doesn't work. It also sucks. I mean, coming into that game, Farrell Brown the week before, one catch for four yards. Before that, one catch for four yards. Week before that, no catches. Yep. Week before that, no catches. Like, you don't want Jonathan Cooper man coverage on anybody, but, like, it's Farrell Brown. Like, the guy is... He's not, he's not like a receiving tight end. He's more of a receiving tight end than Jonathan Cooper is uh, coverage a line coverage back. linebacker as it would turn 15 out. yards down. As field. it would turn out. <laughs> I mean, I see, I see your point there, Hank. But man, it just feels like sometimes defenses yep. get just a little bit yeah. too cute by putting guys in way too different of a yep. position than they should ever really be in. Exactly, and they weren't a good enough team that we had to trick them. Right. We didn't exactly. have to trick the Patriots. We just right. had to line up yep. and play good mm -hmm. football, and we could get the win. Yeah. And then, like, they were pulling all this stuff out a couple weeks ago uh -huh. when they needed it. And like that's when we were saying like, oh my god, this blitz defense is incredible because they were doing stuff like this. But in this game, you probably don't need it, and they, it caught him a couple times too. It did. Like it you did. just didn't need to have these sellout blitzes and All right, like so Alex got home once, but it didn't work. This is this is a couple plays. This is two plays in a row that go hand in hand with each other, and this is just guys not executing. VJ is putting together a good game plan um, for most of the game, but guys just aren't executing. So what I want to say is. We got my guy J-Mac right here. And I know that within this game plan, they had an empty check. So similar to us mm -hmm. sometimes when I play, no matter what was called in the huddle, if they come out of empty, we're going to check, let's just say, Cougar, and now we're playing cover four. Okay. Mm -hmm. So no matter what the, gotcha. no matter what was called, it could be a blitz, it could mm -hmm. be uh, cover three, it could be a zone. Mm -hmm. No matter what, we're going to cover four as soon as they come to empty. Well, what you can't see before the play is Josie and Alex make the check. They kind of put their hands up like, hey, everybody, it's an empty check. J-Mac is telling Baron Brownie, when we go to this empty check, you're going to play right here inside of two. I'm outside of two. Josie's inside of three. Alex is inside of two. So they're playing cover four now. Mm -hmm. And so it should be locked up perfectly. And what they want to do is make Bailey Zappi think. We're only rushing three, but just don't, have, don't let him have anywhere to go with the football, and we're hoping he makes a mistake. Okay. Well, what happens is Baron Browning doesn't drop. So mm. J-Mac is playing outside cut, outside leverage, which he's supposed to do, mm -hmm. right. and they are able to throw an easy slant right here, and he takes off and makes a good play, ends up being like 20, a 20 or 15-yard play, mm. all because Baron yeah. Browning doesn't drop. Yeah. And it looks like J-Mac is having an off yeah. night. He's not on his mm. coverage, but that's not mm -hmm. his responsibility. Yeah. So it puts him in a tough position. And I wish it had another picture to show the end of it, but, uh, you know, everybody is coming up and they all are yelling at Baron Browning, like, it, you need to drop. Mm -hmm. Like, do your responsibility and we'll be all right. So that leads me to my next play. So first, everybody put the signal and everybody talked. On this one, Josie comes over and yells at him, drop, uh. Jonathan Cooper. <laughs> he not only does that, he taps him. I see it on film. He comes <laughs> and taps him and says, Jonathan Cooper, drop. 
<laughs> well, guess what? Uh, he doesn't drop again. And so wow. J-Mac remembers, hey, I got beat on a slant really yeah. bad. So I'm, I'm not going to do that again. Well, now he's out of position trying to play inside mm. and gets beat to the outside because mm. he doesn't have the help that he's supposed to. Mm. If he has the help that he's supposed to, we're bracketing this route. It's not, yep. a big, it's not a big deal. And they have nowhere to go with the football. But he gets beat because, once again, the outside linebacker mm. doesn't drop when, they're, when he's supposed to. I love this so much, Todd. Well, I hate that this happened, but I love that you're pointing this out so much because uh, it feels like every year when the Broncos' defense has started uh, started tough or had a tough stretch or two, it's Justin, the leader of the defense, that comes out and says it's really just communication issues uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and guys trying to do too much at times. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And Justin mm-hmm. even will be like, I know this is like the same thing that I told you last mm-hmm. year, but it's communication and yeah. guys trying to do too much. And it's like... Is that really what's happening? And you just showed that's exactly what's happening. It's one communication where a guy doesn't listen, yep. and so the the communication stops there. And then because of that, J Mac or, or guys try to do too much to make up for that, exactly. and then it blows the defense up. And that's how you get the worst defense in the NFL to drive down the field on you and get points. Absolutely, or the worst offense in the NFL. Yeah, and sometimes the outside linebackers, man, they get so focused on like. A great rush yeah. that they I think they turn their ears off. Yeah. But like we need to keep those ears open yeah, yeah, so you can yeah. hear these checks. All they hear, they hear someone talk to them, they just hear like, yep, get the quarterback. Yeah, and rush. It's like, Go get <laughs> <him>. <laughs> All right, this is uh Russell Wilson, and this is kind of why I feel like Sean doesn't have some of the faith that uh he needs in Russ to really have a successful team. So they're gonna come with the blitz, but what happens is we're well prepared. Offensive line does a great job. Everybody is prepared and doing their, their job. What you don't see on the film is that Jerry Judy is running an over with outside leverage. He is about to get open. Not only that, it's Troutman is one-on-one with this uh, corner safety, and he's running the under. He's about to get open. But as soon as this blitz comes, oh, dang, we don't have the picture. As soon as this blitz comes, Russ puts the ball down and starts running forward. Mm. Where are you going? (laughs) This is exactly what we wanted. We're blocked up. Samaji's doing a great job. We have McGlinchey that's doing a great job. Just stay right there. He starts running up, and now McGlinchey is trying to block his guy and doesn't know which way to block him. So he tries to block him forward. Then the guy gives him like an okey-doke and comes back around. But had Russ just stayed right here, it's blocked up perfectly. Set your feet. Take a deep breath and make the play either here or here that you're supposed to. But what he's doing is now he's messing up McGlinchey because McGlinchey knows that if this guy's way outside, I'm going to make him run the hoop and he'll never get there. But what what happens with Russ is that he steps up so hard, then jets back, that now this guy has the ability to come back and make this play when in in reality if Russ just stepped up and made the play, he would have been fine. It's perfect protection. Yep. Yep, and man, the protection by by no means was perfect all night, but there were a lot of times where Russ let the protection down. Exactly, exactly. It just sucks as a veteran quarterback. Like, that's what you expect. Like, when Drew Locke was doing that stuff, Uh you're just like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, he's been hit over and over again. He's going to be, he's going to panic a little bit. But, like, Russ being Russ is supposed to be a tough guy in the pocket, just stand tall, and, like, if they come, they come, but get the ball out if not. And it, he just panics so much now, especially late in the season. Yep. Feels like earlier on he wasn't doing this quite as much. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like earlier on um, he was able to find escape lanes here or mm-hmm. here. Like he is now getting back to what, what he was doing last year where he's trying to run around and then run yeah. back, out the back out, yeah. out the yeah. back end when – even in this game, he found success. It wasn't there. He took off right up the f- mm-hmm. middle for like 15 yards. Great play. But I don't know what has changed to make him feel like he needs to spin out the backside or go out the back door again mm-hmm. because I feel like even here, like Whoa. there's escape lanes here and forward, mm-hmm. just not going backwards. And, yep. and then you you watch like Patrick Mahomes turn his back to the defense and do circles. Uh-huh. Um, and you see Lamar Jackson do that as well. Russ isn't the athlete yeah. that, mm-hmm. the, that those guys are. I and guarantee also, you most quarter, most quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators, head coaches say, do not do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. And there's a reason. It's because most guys aren't athletic enough to, to make the plays that specifically like Lamar Jackson's making this year. And, Very but true. last night, that's how he took the safety. 
Right. Turns back to the defense doing all of his zigzag stuff, and he tripped on the ref. But like, <laughs> that was so bad. So he did, he did oh, run God. out the bat. Like, that was, a, that was like a 15 yard safety, 18 yeah. yard yeah. safety. That yeah. was crazy. Right, right, right. And yeah. that's even like the best athlete that plays yeah. the quarterback position or, still gets caught. No, up. Tyreek is a better athlete. No. It's like a top. No, you still say Lamar, Lamar Jackson is the best athlete yeah? okay, in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is like the fastest player. Fair. But as far as athletes and what he can do when the ball's in his hands yeah. and shiftiness as, as well as throw the ball 50 yards down the field when you need him like i think he's the best athlete on the football field. insane what they especially against that defense last yeah. night he made him just look like a, a bad defense yeah man looks silly hopefully yeah. the broncos go to the playoffs but i'm also really excited to talk about the quarterbacks in this draft after the season goes down because like Jaden daniels some of his runs like he is just like he's the fastest player on the field like, he just gets a crease, and he's just, like, outrunning guys. Meanwhile, yep. we have Michael Penix, who's the opposite, but, like, has an incredible arm. I don't know. Like, I still think I like Penix better, but I don't know. That's a conversation for the offseason. It's going to be a <laughs> lot of fun. But Jane Daniels wait. is supposed to be, like, a top-five pick now. Oh, I yeah. think... Uh... I think Sean's going to fall in love with Jaden Daniels this offseason. Yeah. And I do think to get him, it will involve trading a future first-round pick to move up. And I think I mean, Sean's going to be just okay with that. If you're picking 14th, that future first gets you up to, like, ninth. Two firsts. Dang. I don't Pat. think Sean is going to be afraid to make a massive move for a quarterback this offseason. Yeah. That'd be good. Yep. All right, here's the last play I have. And this just goes back to, you know, Sean liking what he see, saw on film uh, in the red zone. And this is another good play. This ends up being a touchdown for Javante. But, again, this team is in man-to-man. This is what they play when they get in the red zone. So everybody's manned up. This linebacker has Javante, but he also has the A-gap. But everybody's manned up. So what's so tough about this play, they call it the Niner boot, is that everybody's coming down. I have to be responsible for this A-gap. So if they run it here, I got to not only play this gap, but I also have this man to where if Javante's running out here, I got to get through all these guys running routes and my own guys to be able to get to the outside and make this play on Javante. So I feel like when you're in man coverage, this is another great play by Shonda. It's just too much traffic and too far to go for the linebacker to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's always tough. When I played, we would tell the defensive end, if he's that dot, Give me some help, and if you come off the ball, chip him so I can get through because it's going to take me a minute to get here. But this is Sean knowing exactly what he sees on film. The linebacker doesn't have time to get there. Another great play, easy pass from Russell Wilson, and ends up being a touchdown. And that's just all about – that's all based on alignment and assignment. It's tough to have the A-gap in the middle of the field and then also have the running back at the widest point he can get on the field. It's Mm -hmm. a tough play. Yeah. Man, the inside scoop. I love it, Todd. You brought the heat today. <laughs> and I also love our friends over at Shady Rays, yes. where check out our friends. Uh, today, it's like, oh, it's snowing. Don't need sunglasses. You get in the car, and you're like, damn, it's yep. brighter than ever because there's snow everywhere. So in Colorado, at least, you need sunglasses 365 days a year. And the great thing about Shady Rays, even though Christmas is over, they're still giving, still giving you discounts. You just go DNVR. You're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays. You can even get their snow goggles, which are awesome. They have so many pairs of sunglasses, goggles. So check them out. ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR where they have over 250,000 five-star reviews. No. Is there a second? I just yeah. checked. Prima Hoagies. Uh, it's not on the list. I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Oh, I'm looking at it right there, now. I, I thought I see. That's so I bizarre. went to the bottom and scrolled up. And I was like, oh, yep, there's nothing there. Because then Dang. there's the big break. Mm. Yeah. Uh, see, Primo now you, you're trying to be Russ making Sean look <laughs> bad right now, where Sean had it all for you right there. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I like to say I was Pat Sertan, who had a bad play, mm. but in general is okay. great. Sure. Um, yeah. Or Marvin Mims. I actually wrote about this this week. We're going to go on a tangent before the Primo Hoagies. It is cra- it's like all their top guys, like your five guys who you think should probably be pro bowlers. Pat Sertan has his worst game of the season. Mm-hmm. Marvin Mims, like after that first return, his longest return of the season, I was like, he has locked up a pro bowl spot. Yeah. And then he has like that terrible play. Quinn Miners, 15-yard penalty uh, for like the forearm to the face. Yep. You got Cortland Sutton, not his fault. He got hurt, wasn't out there. Yep. Justin Simmons, that touchdown, just sicky. He's like inches away from getting that ball away, but just doesn't quite do like. You just need, they're so close, and all those guys had their opportunities. But point is, yeah. Primo Hoagies are awesome. Uh, they're Primo like uh, Pat Sertan still, despite his tough game. We all know what he does. Um, 
They're the best hoagies out there. They've got all the different kinds. You guys have have you both tried? You both tried them, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't on the podcast that day. From what I've heard, I should be really upset that I wasn't though, because everybody was saying that they're awesome. I saw all the pictures. They looked incredible. They put them on like the sesame seed buns, um, which are award winning. Um, and if you want to watch all these games on Sunday, I guess what? So Broncos and Chiefs will play at the same time. Um, so you can sit back, watch those, have a little party, get your two TVs going, and get a, a party tray for you and all your friends because they've got locations in Denver and Centennial. Um, so order online in advance. It's not just a hoagie. It's a primo. Really quick, before we get into Super Chats, like I said, we talked to Sean earlier this morning. He challenged, to put it nicely, challenged the Broncos' offense many times in his press conference today 36 hours after the loss um this was very intentional Mm -hmm. in my opinion a couple of things he said he said we're average to below average in a lot of things offensively and it's not good enough he added that the problems on offense were self-inflicted he said that's communication is there too much in do we need to change things to make it more simple these are things that we've heard him say before, too, and he's saying them again. Um, and then he said the difference between the five-game win streak and the team struggling over these past few games is the ball is out all the time now mm-hmm. on offense. He said we were lucky we only had two turnovers mm-hmm. this past game because the ball was out so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is as much of a direct shot at Russ as no. it was I mean, a couple was, of weeks ago that we talked yeah. about. But I do still think that not fully direct, but it's still very much aimed at. I guess at the Russ fumbles. I, th- mm-hmm. I mean, but even last night he was saying like, "Love the way Russ battled." Like there were a bunch of tough things to yeah. that this morning. Talking about how like the protection wasn't there for him. Like I don't know. I thought he was kind of propping Russ up for the most part ever since. But the ball on the ground that was Russ. It has been Russ most of the season yeah. more than anybody. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's hop into some super chats. Just wanted to update you since we did talk to Sean this morning. Uh, and we got our massive super chat coming in from our friend Danny. Thank you so much, Danny. A big one. He says, Hey guys, love what you guys do. Have a couple of questions. I'm curious with what Javante Williams not running well, why we keep going to him. And also, why does Russ always look like a deer in the headlights? He looks like he's always has no idea where to go. Thanks for the great pot. Okay. So let's. Let's start with Javante mm-hmm. Williams. Why are they just sticking with Javante? Um, because he isn't good back when he gets going. And then I think sometimes as players, we get caught in these ruts. And, you know, even, you know, you think about basketball players, they get caught in ruts where they can't sh- score or shoot well. Steph Curry is still Steph Curry, even though he's going through a rut. Yep. And shooters got to shoot. And so I think that's what we're doing with Javante. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are splitting up the carries, I feel like, a little bit more. I mean, yep. Jamil's getting a lot more carries and he's making them count. But we can't just not give him the ball because he's had a couple games where he wasn't himself. He's still a dominant player. We just want to get him back on the track. Yeah, what blows I, my mind is Samaje. You're right about them splitting up. Jaleel got six carries, Javante 11. Samaje only one. That just, like, if you're going to have a replacement for Javante, uh-huh. it's Samaje, not Jaleel. So that shocked me was the I 11 think, to 1. See, but I don't think, I think <clears throat> Javante can do everything Samaje does between the tackles. Like, I don't think there's an upgrade there because Samaje has struggled to break tackles. He is very much just a plow straight forward, fall forward, get you three or four yards when he's in there. Now, when you get him out um, on, like, the short routes and all that stuff, or even on like the draws out of shotgun, I think that's what kind of like really boosts his numbers up is that you get to just hand it off to him on like a third and 18 and he just runs. But I, I know a lot of people want more touches for Samaje. And I say, if you're giving him more touches, don't give him more carries. Like, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's what you want from him. Man, for me though, it's, I think Javante has hit a wall mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the injury. Yep. Um, he hasn't averaged over four yards per carry, four yards per carry. In the past two months since October 22nd, which is wild. Yeah. So I don't think it's anything against Javante. I just think it's, man, I think this is finally the the injury is caught up to him. And they did exactly what I, like last week I said, like, yeah, you shift a little bit more away from Javante. You move two carries or so over to Jaleel. That's exactly what they did was two carries. And I think this week you give it more of a 50-50. Instead of 11 and 6, you move more over to Jaleel because he looked good. And Javante just... I just haven't checked the stats, but coming into this, he had got he had one broken tackle in the six previous games. And I don't remember one yesterday. And I do think that this is all just like 
rookie wall type stuff. Like, is he hit the rookie wall his first year? The numbers dropped off in like the first month. I mean, that's when he led the NFL in broken tackles and had like two in the last four or five weeks or something. And I think that when you go through the offseason and then get hurt, you spend all that time rehabbing. Like, it doesn't make much, it, it's not much of a surprise that he doesn't look quite as sharp as he did earlier on. But I do think at this point, just feed Jaleel. Like, like, split those carries 50-50. Keep Samaje on your third down stuff and, and see where you land after this week. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't feel like anybody will have success running up the middle right now. I don't think – I think it's less about his injury and less about him as a player. Like, yeah. I think you shouldn't have to always break a tackle to be able to run for three yards. <laughs> that like, is true. You know what I'm that saying? Is true. You should have at least sometimes a three-yard lane. <laughs> that is true. Um, and that's the problem right now is that – up the middle we don't have any opportunity for him to get any types of yards so mm-hmm. Jalil's working out because it's all outside runs True. the o-line is not blocking out there yeah. he's able to make one or two you know safeties or corners mm-hmm. missing now he has a 10-yard run it's very different than what they're giving uh javante right now so it's tough and the other piece for javante is that it's it's not just up like between the tackles types of runs like what his first six carries were like inside the 10-yard line uh on sunday not yesterday sunday those are even tougher. It's like it's one thing to be running like between the tackles at the 50 when like the defense is sitting back and all that sort of stuff. But when you're at the six yard line trying yeah. to run up the middle, like that's that's double up the middle. Like there's yeah, there's all that all that space is filled. So the numbers aren't going to look good yeah. after that regardless. Yeah. And his first seven carries went for 17 yards. Todd, yeah. why does Russ look like a deer in the headlights sometimes? Uh, because he might be right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is trying to figure things out. Um, he's nervous and rightfully so, and I think he's just choosing to scramble when he doesn't need to, and then he's kind of not scrambling when he needs to, and yeah. then he's just choosing the wrong uh, lane to get out of there. Yeah. So I think if they can get him back to like, okay, one or two reads, and if it's not there, go forward. Don't go backwards. Mm-hmm. Don't spin. Try and go forward to get out of there. I think he'll find more peace mm-hmm. and be able to move more comfortable in the pocket. And yeah. I really think it's it's it just progressively gotten worse. And I do think he's just a little shell shock. You know, McGlinchey struggled on the right side, so he drops back right in front of him. You've got something going on over there. Either play, like either it feels like every play McGlinchey's either giving up the outside or the inside, uh-huh. and, and it's rare that he just like, yep, he's just fully blocked. Like you're you're good to go. But then on the other side, Ben Powers is giving up pressure after pressure after pressure so now you have that there you have this going on behind you and like i get why he would be frantic because it does feel like at least half the time there's just somebody coming at him and he has to deal with it and and he's good when there's one guy coming at him like if he gets if if ben powers lets somebody free he can make it work if mcglinchy gives somebody inside he'll take outside if he gives somebody outside he'll go inside but it's when you get those multiple guys back there that all of a sudden he's taking hits there's nowhere to go and I mentioned this before, but that's, he just turns frantic and gets happy feet because it happens over and over again. And when it's a young quarterback, you're like, yep, like this is a welcome to the NFL. Pocket collapses quickly. Like The guy's panicked. Like, Of course he's panicked. He's a 22-year-old back there taking hits. For Russ, he's been doing this for so long that you just... I, it's way easier for me to say sitting here, but just stand strong even if the hit's coming and like just kind of live with it. Yep, yep. All right, we got to get out of here. We got two quick super chats to hit. Russell Wilson's burnt burgers chimes in (laughs) and says, why do we believe bro when he said he could cook? He won a Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, the second most wins in NFL history in his first decade, Mm -hmm. uh, only to Peyton Manning. He's one shy of Peyton Manning. So, I mean, he's a winner, Super Mm -hmm. Bowl winner, gets it done in the clutch. Uh, still has the most fourth quarter comebacks and the fourth um, most game winning drives this year. But clearly, I think Sean and Russ are on different tracks right yeah. now. And I he think did we're gonna see that late in the game. Those two minute drills, Russ has looked good. At least he's been effective. You know, like those yesterday, there was the three and out as, at their very last drive. But the two before that to go down the field, get back to back touchdowns and get the two point conversions like that's pretty crazy. And like I wrote this, I mean, that's. Like, that's what Elway did his entire career up until those last couple seasons when they just had super teams. You know, Tim Tebow, more recently, it's kind of the same thing. And there's, like, nobody Which wants Tim Tebow. To? John or Tebow? It's something kind of in between. <laughs> but again, like, oh, that's what all the old man Bronco fans say is, like, well, this was just like the uh, multiple people were tweeting, like, it's just like when Elway had Reeves. They did nothing the entire game. They ran the ball, and then John Wayne saved them. And Russell, like you said, like the fourth quarter drives, the fourth quarter comebacks, 
like he's leading the NFL right now and he's giving you some of that. It's just that modern NFL, you just need more up until that point. Like if they just have yeah. one more good drive in the first quarter or the second quarter or the third quarter, they would have won yes or Sunday. What happened with Elway and Reeves? They went their separate ways. They went their separate ways. And Elway <laughs> turned out to be a champion and Reeves turned out to be a champion. Yeah, just yeah. not together. And final one, Zachary Gardner says, uh, "Have you noticed our offensive line is built strangely? It seems the left side is for pass blocking and the right is for run blocking. Leads to uh, telegraphed runs to the right. Easy for defensive lines to read." Yeah, there is some. I mean, just about every team is running more to the right than the left. Like that's your like traditional strong side. Like that's how you build it is pass protection on the left. Yeah. So like it's not. <sighs> It's not like just the Broncos are doing this, but I guess I haven't looked at the numbers in like three or four weeks, but it was about two to one runs right versus left. But also it was like, it was more than two to one. Your tight end is on the right side versus the left side, which like you're running to your strong side. It makes sense. So there is some of it that's a tell. Like if they wanted to, they could probably find a way to be more neutral. But if you're running behind Ben Powers instead of Quinn Miners. Like, what are you doing? Honestly, like Mike McGlinchey, you'd rather run behind him than Bowles. Not by much, but that is what your that is your strength. And I, I, it's not like a surprise that you built your line to be pass blocking on the left and run blocking on the right. Like that's just how offensive lines are built. We've got right? so many things to talk about later this week, including the Broncos season isn't done. We're gonna break down the Broncos' path to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're also gonna break down. Is Russell Wilson's time with the Broncos done? Mm. Not after this season, but right now? Should they bench for us? And mm. there's some reasons to get into that. So we're going to be talking about it all later this week. Thank you so much for rolling with us. Hit us with the thumbs up on your way out. We'll be back with you tomorrow, 11 a.m. We all silly like the mayor. 